All right, let's pray together, guys. Father, you do truly work in uh, miraculous ways and in mysterious ways. Uh, we thank you for how you, through uh, the individuals that will be sharing their testimonies tonight, we thank you for how you saved them, but also how for how you saved them uniquely. Uh, not one story is the same. And so, God, we do praise you for your grace. And uh, even as we listen and hear of um, these individuals sharing their testimonies, that we would be drawn deeper to the love of God in Jesus Christ. And it is his name that we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Well, again, I want to thank you guys for your patience. Um, like I've mentioned, uh, we will be, this is a, a very special evening because uh, we have three uh, dear brothers and sister uh, sharing their testimonies tonight. And um, a couple of things to keep in mind as you guys listen to their stories is, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with testimonies. Testimony is simply uh, someone sharing their story of how uh, they came to uh, saving faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, of course, one of the really nice things about testimonies at Lighthouse is that we get to hear from um, different people for, uh, of how God saved them. And uh, what I think you'll find and notice is that not one story, like I mentioned in my prayer, is the same. Um, but at the same time, uh, despite the fact that not one story is the same, uh, what we actually end up finding in these stories is our story as well that as much as there are differences in the stories that our friends are sharing, um, that we actually find much, much similarity. And so I do hope that as you guys listen to uh, Caleb and Nicole and Ryan share their testimonies, um, that you would be able to find yourself in, your, in, in their stories, um, that you would see your own struggles in their struggles, um, their, their triumphs in your triumphs. Um, and, um, and so in, 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 in doing so, uh, that you guys actually uh, find yourselves um, uh, walking alongside brothers and sisters who have gone um, ahead of you. And so that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have testimonies like this too, is so that you guys can actually see um, more mature, um, older saints in the faith and that you guys would imitate their lives and follow them and imitate them. Um, secondly, um, I do encourage you guys uh, at the end of, maybe perhaps not at the end of uh, tonight, but I do encourage you guys um, to uh, reach out uh, to our leaders that shared and say hello if you haven't had a chance to already. Um, our leaders, uh, the reason why they're sharing is because they care for you and love you guys. And uh, they would love to get to know you guys better. And so um, those are the couple of things to keep in mind. I should, I should add that we only have three uh, people sharing their testimonies tonight. And so after our testimonies conclude, um, we have game time. And so we'd love for you guys to hang out and uh, fellowship with, um, with junior hires and high schoolers together. Um, and we'll be put into different breakout rooms and we'll have uh, specific games in those rooms. And so we hope you guys stick around for that. But um, the structure for tonight is, as I mentioned, uh, Caleb will be sharing his testimony first and then followed by Nicole and then uh, Ryan after. Um, all right, well, um, we have next up uh, Nicole. Uh, Nicole uh, has been serving in the youth ministry now for a, a very long two months. Um, but uh, she'll share more about her journey to the youth ministry. Um, but Nicole serves in our junior high ministry and uh, I'm gonna let her take it away. Uh, okay, hi guys. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Nicole. Um, I am super new to youth group. I just started coming at the very end of August. Um, so I'm thankful that I get to be here with you all on Friday nights to learn, uh, to grow in my knowledge of the word and to get to know you. So to give background, I graduated from Cal State Long Beach in 2018, and before that, I actually grew up going to Lighthouse. 
My family started coming on the very first official Sunday back in April of 2003 when I was six and in Sunday school. I went to this very same youth group through junior high and high school back when junior high ministry was called Light and high school ministry was called Fusion. And fast forward to February of 2019, in God's sovereign timing, I was able to begin working at Lighthouse as an administrator. Um, so that's a very brief history of my time at Lighthouse, uh, but I do want to share more about God's grace in my life thus far, how he saved me and how three different circumstances in my life have grown me and challenged me ultimately to the love of the Lord more each day. Um, so the first one, uh, one fact that a lot of people might not know about me is that I was born in China and adopted when I was one year old. Uh, God provided me with a comfortable life in Torrance, two Christian parents, and a church I've called family for the past 18 years. Growing up, I'd always think about how different my life could have been if it weren't for God placing me where I am today. There were feelings of sadness, loneliness, confusion, and frustration, but there were also feelings of hope and thankfulness. When I think about my birthplace, adoption statistics, and what could have been, I'm so humbled that God chose to shield my heart from so much brokenness. I didn't deserve an education in the Torrance School District um, or two parents who provided for me abundantly um, or a church that I could genuinely call family. Thinking about the alternative life I could have had is a scary thought. And likewise, thinking about a life without knowing Christ is even scarier. Um, much of um, one of the most precious parts about my testimony as an adoptee is that I have real and tangible experience of adoption that has helped me better comprehend and appreciate my adoption into God's family. As a believer, my understanding of our spiritual adoption through Jesus has been made, made much clearer because I've ruminated over the depth of my helplessness in this physical world. Um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 7 says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. The undeserved grace God has extended to me by adopting me as his daughter is magnified when I recognize the extent of my sin and disobedience toward him. My sin required God to sacrifice his perfect son's life so that we could be made alive, alive together with him. He made this sacrifice without doubt and fully in love. As I consider the great weight of this sacrifice, I can only respond in thankfulness and a renewed desire to glorify him in everything I do. He gifted me with a new life in Torrance, but more importantly, a new life in Christ. God lovingly chose for me to experience adoption at the beginning of my life, but I also look forward to the day that I can be with our Savior in heaven through spiritual adoption. Uh, by grace, I have been saved. Um, and the second one, many of you might feel similarly to me in that your testimony is very typical of someone who grew up in the church. I attended Sunday school every week growing up. Then I moved on to attend Sunday service and youth group on Friday nights. Uh, I verbally accepted Christ as my savior in Sunday school, but it wasn't until I began attending youth group that I started questioning all of the things I'd learned about God, 
Jesus, the gospel, and faith. All throughout middle school and high school, the question I wrestled with most often was, how do I know if I'm a Christian? How do I know if I'm truly saved? I know that God loves me and that Jesus died for my sins, but sometimes it feels like it's just in my head and not in my heart. Why am I not reading the Bible every day or praying more often? Every time I listened to a Sunday or Friday sermon, I would question the genuineness of my faith. I knew that I wanted to go to heaven, but I didn't know if I was leading a life worthy. Um, to continue Ephesians 2, uh, eight through, verses 8 through 9 read, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. These verses remind me that it isn't a matter of proving my worth, but recognizing the worth of Jesus. There were so many great points of application I learned from sermons and youth group that helped me love God more. But at the end of the day, there was nothing I could do to prove myself worthy. I will always be unworthy, undeserving, and sinful. And it is humbling to be reminded that there is nothing I can do to save myself from my sins, but God in his goodness and merciful grace has already done that for me through the cross. Jesus had to die because of me. And by God's grace, I began understanding the importance of repenting from my sins and pursuing a life imitating Christ. If I didn't do my quiet times every morning or take extensive notes on the sermon, that didn't mean I wasn't a Christian. Those things were good things, um, and I find them to be helpful to this day, but I was freed from measuring my success by my Devo count or how quickly I filled my church notes. Instead, I could place my hope in our God who comforts and forgives. And the last thing I want to share with you is that I am a work in progress. Um, despite recognizing that my faith is not reliant on doing Christian things or looking like a good person, I still struggle to remember that to this day. Um, one way that I've always felt inadequate at church and in my Christian fellowship in college uh, was my lack of knowledge of the Bible. Um, sure, I knew some Bible stories and maybe had a few verses memorized, but I would always feel so inferior next to my peers. How could I reveal my lack of Bible knowledge when everyone knew I grew up going to church? During discussions, I'd sometimes nod my head in agreement when I really had no idea what people were talking about or I'd awkwardly avoid answering a question because I didn't know who that Old Testament prophet was. Every time I was in this situation, um, it seemed like everyone knew what was going on except me. And in my prideful desire to not be found out, I was hindering my growth when I didn't vocalize my questions. And I'm thankful to be able to say that since then, God has been doing a lot of work in my heart. Uh, Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Um, I still struggle to speak up when I'm confused and there's still a lot I don't understand about the Bible, but I can see the slow process of sanctification in my own life. And through this, I'm learning patience. Uh, it took me until 2020 to commit to reading through the Bible, but it is such a sweet victory to know that God is answering my prayers after so many years of waiting. Uh, the Lord is teaching me to recognize how broken I am, how much I still need to learn, and how much I need God for strength. But it brings me immense joy to know the process of sanctification never ends. Um, so I always thought I had a boring testimony, uh, but God was simply caring for me in ways more wise, loving and gentle than I know. Um, I might not have had a dramatic moment in my life that suddenly turned my life toward Christ, uh, but I can be content and thankful knowing that 
he was faithful to continuously pursue my heart through the mundane. And in seasons of cynicism, doubt, impatience, confusion, indifference, and sadness, uh, God has proven to have better plans for my life than I do. And what a comfort to know that I can boldly proclaim Christ because he is infinitely loving, caring, sovereign, and powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Nicole, for sharing. We also thank God and praise God for his grace in your life. Uh, we are encouraged to hear that um, in many ways, the work of God working in our lives will continue until the day we die. Um, but it's good to know and really, really good a reminder that we have been adopted into God's family. Um, and so um, thank you so much, Nicole. Um, all right. Um, uh, last but certainly not least, uh, we have Ryan. Um, Ryan has been serving in the youth ministry now for, gosh, six years, six years, man, <laughs> seven years. He's been serving in the youth ministry for a long time, guys. Um, and so um, we're delighted to have uh, Ryan share his testimony uh, with us, with all you guys. Um, and uh, uh, Ryan has been serving um, in um, the junior high group for those seven years, I think. Is it seven years? <laughs> yeah, seven years. Crazy. Okay, awesome. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, seven years, that's amazing. So, um, so really, uh, thank you for your faithfulness. Um, but uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from uh, Ryan's testimony. Hey, everyone. My name is Ryan Shiozaki. Um, yeah, seven long years. It's been such a blessing. Uh, it's, I, like Eric said, it's our first time being with all the high schoolers. Because um, I'm junior, generally with junior high school. So um, it makes me really happy um, to see um, students that I've known since they were sixth graders and some of them going back much further before that. But um, now seeing that they're seniors in high school is incredible, absolutely incredible. And even um, the group that just graduated this last year, um, now that they're in high school as well, and obviously um, my current small group and all the other junior hires that are still with us, um, so thankful. And um, just listening to Caleb and Nicole uh, talk about their testimonies of faith and how God is working in their lives, I just kept thinking, wow. Um, uh, Caleb's testimony is so much better. <laughs> Nicole's testimony is so much better. And I think what I mean by that is like so much better than we deserve. It's such a, a grace to be able to hear about um, how God really just overpowered even their, um, their sinful past and my sinful past um, to make much of himself, but also to, to make us more like him. And I think it's amazing to hear those stories. So thank you guys for sharing. Thank you uh, students for all being here so we could share with you and so we can uh, now walk with you. Um, we need the gospel just as much as you. Um, and I think all of our testimonies will show that, which I'm thankful for. Um, so yes, I'm, I'm a fourth generation Japanese American. I grew up in um, the Torrance, Palos Verdes area, uh, probably like a lot of you. Um, and really, I only had one goal in life growing up, and that was to look better than the people around me. It wasn't so much that I actually cared about being better or being more proficient in areas such as school, sports, or relationships, but more than that, I just wanted others to see me as being amazing at these things. Without a doubt, I lived for the approval of man and wanted to make much of myself. I grew up going to different 
South Bay churches uh, with my family, even though my parents would take my brother and I more for social reasons. We probably had some sort of social circle at each of these different churches at the time. And I may have heard the gospel at different points during these church visits, but certainly I never processed it as one story. And even more than that, I never knew that I needed a savior and I needed to be rescued from the life that I was living. Striving to make much of myself involved countless hours of studying, playing basketball and too much AIM or instant messaging, which was sort of our social media back in the day. I felt like I excelled in these activities I took part in and didn't think restrictions needed to really apply to my life. I got into drinking and unglorifying relationships early in high school. And I really did feel sufficient in myself and gaining the approval of people around me. And then my freshman year of college came around and that is really when I felt like the world was giving me everything that I needed, everything that I could have desired or asked for. I was at uh, my dream school. I was dating a girl that I knew from high school at the time. And I was working with uh, the school basketball team as a school man, as a team manager. And that was something that I always kind of dreamed of doing. Uh, at this point, I probably would have said that I believed in God because life was relatively comfortable and I would rather have gone to heaven than to hell. To me, that's what I wrongly assumed that being a Christian was about appearing moral and preferring heaven over hell. Sophomore year was one of the biggest graces in my life. God began to tear away certain idols from me that had previously kept me pretty content in my current situations. Uh, my girlfriend at the time and I, we broke up. I had to quit working with the basketball team because my grades were not doing too hot. My dad got laid off from his job that he had had for the previous 25 years. And um, all the while I felt super lonely, like I was a, a failure and as though I had been wronged by the world. I thought that if there was a God, he had just about abandoned me. And I didn't think people around me um, were able to encourage me or lift me up during those really dark times in my life. Still, God was gracious. On one Tuesday afternoon, he brought me out to the student gym on campus and some buff dude comes up to me and asks me if I could spot him on the bench press. And even though he probably didn't need me to help him or spot him, somehow he got um, to talking to me about friends that I knew from White House and uh, Wintersburg that I knew mutually through basketball and then how he was attending White House at the time, which was a church in Torrance close to where I lived. Then he told me about the Christian fellowship he was attending and invited me out. That Christian fellowship was called uh, Asian American Christian Fellowship, or I'll probably call it WACF uh, other places than this testimony. And since I had nothing else to do, I obliged. I went to the fellowship with them and he was the first of many brothers during my time in college who walked with me and brought me before the Lord. Through WACF, I was able to find free and easy rides home to Torrance and back to UCLA as I would go to Beacon, our college group here on Friday night. And then I would go back to UCLA um, after uh, Sunday service, that would just get nice easy rides back. And that was really always very convenient. Um, but Slowly but surely, WACF and Lighthouse became more than a convenient carpool or a social circle of nice and moral people. 
but it became a treasure as I was constantly reminded of the gospel. The story of my desperate need for help and the king of the universe, Jesus Christ, offering that help for me in the form of his perfect life, death, and resurrection. I remember there was a song at WCF that was playing one random Wednesday during the week, and it was called You Love Me Anyway. Um, and there's a part in that song where it talks about us as sinners being the thorn in Jesus' crown, the nail in his wrist, Judas' kiss, and the one he yelled in the crowd for his blood to be spilled. I was so shook by this to hear more and more that my sins, one of them and all of them, necessitated that I be punished for an, to an eternal suffering in hell unless I was forgiven. I needed to be saved. I needed to be transformed. My sins were many. I was disobedient to my parents. I was deceitful and lacking integrity in the classroom, <clears throat> impure in my relationships. I spewed hateful and slanderous words and gossip from my mouth. I considered myself above the law and above others. And I hated God. I showed in countless ways with my thoughts, with my words and actions that I lived for myself and for the praise of the world around me. Still, he was gracious and kind to me. Praise God that he revealed to me the depths of my sin and the extent of his mercy that he offers through professing genuine faith and living for him. Since that sophomore year, I've struggled and suffered in losing friendships due to uh, my different, my um, transformed life, often as a result of evangelism. I shifted career paths a bunch of times and it was clearly all worth it because I have a glimpse of the amazing Lord and Savior that I have in Jesus. And I have the opportunity to make much of him in this world rather than myself. And I trust that this is only a preview of the glorious Lord that I will be with forever in heaven one day. And since those first few years of living life as a follower of Christ, many things have um, Many different changes have also occurred with that as well. Um, my parents have both come to the faith in the Lord over the past half decade and are now walking with him as his beloved children. Um, I married the woman of my dreams in Jordan. And I can see more and more each day that the Christian life is oftentimes more difficult and yet so much sweeter. It is such a blessing to know Jesus. Still with all these different changes and adjustments that kind of endured and went through um, after Jesus rescued me, one thing remained the same, or actually two big things. I'm still so sinful and I'm still so needy. Daily, I need to turn to God's word and prayer that teaches me how to confess my sins to the Lord and to turn away from them in repentance in order that I may turn wholeheartedly to the Lord. But I also am so thankful that God didn't leave me to go through this journey of life on my own. While God's grace and mercy were and always will be sufficient for me, he also knows that I need his people around me to preach the gospel to me and to walk with me every day. Christians and non-Christians in this room, please consider what it will look like to have other Christians walk alongside you and be your most trusted and needed friends. The guy I met in the gym at UCLA was a guy named Kyle Oda, who has 
served so faithfully in this church. His evangelism to me allowed me to hear the gospel and to be exposed to the glory of God. Still, gospel-centered friendship is not just about sharing the gospel one time or bringing someone out to church one time. Gospel-centered friendship is about committing yourself to your brothers and sisters in a way that shows Jesus' commitment to us. So many of God's children who have been committed to me are here in this Zoom call tonight with us. They're examples to me of true brothers and sisters who have been friends to me and have walked alongside me. Um, Joshua Chen, um, one of the high school youth advisors, and Justin Lee, one of the junior high advisors, were my accountability partners for about four years after we graduated from college. They were committed to me during a critical period of life to be a light to me and always to point me back to Jesus. Um, Josh has always been an amazing listener, someone who um, was slow to speak and quick to show that he cared. He would listen to me talk about things I was struggling with, and then he lovingly helped me to remember the truth about God as we, as we would walk through uh, solutions to the problems I was facing. Justin has always been really effective at asking me good questions. He asks about issues and sins that I'm currently struggling with, as well as things in the past um, to check in how my progress is on those different um, sin fights against the sin. Um, Josh and Justin are um, very different, but they are and will always be uh, such blessings and friends that um, know how to counsel me and walk alongside me in accountability. Antonio Ree and I started meeting together in 2013 in a discipleship relationship when I had the opportunity to walk through different books of the Bible um, with him and other Christian reading materials as well um, when he was a newer follower of Christ. And while it may have started with me knowing scripture a little bit more than him or having year, some years of faith over him, uh, eventually we were allowed and, uh, to serve together as small group leaders here. And now I can honestly say that I learned just as much from him as he does from me. And that is also such a blessing that comes with gospel-centered friendship. It's not about how long someone has been a Christian or how long someone has been in the church that makes them helpful or not helpful. It is about their commitment. Antonio has been a committed friend to me, but also someone who I admire, who I admire in watching him lead. Antonio is a friend who I learned from in the way he speaks to me, but also when I get to see him humbly serve and love others. Um, my wife, Jordan, um, one of the junior high youth advisors, is my best friend, and she has shown a special commitment to me over the years uh, from dating and now in our first year of marriage. She has shown me forgiveness and grace when I am selfish and unloving. She doesn't hold things against me, but immediately tells me she loves me and forgives me. Um, she models the love of Jesus and the way she points me to scripture when I need to be reminded of it the most. And she demonstrates sacrificial love in the way that she cares for me as well as, as, well as others. I know that Jordan has been so impacted by the love of her closest friends as well, including special women who discipled her and walked alongside her, such as Audrey Chua, one of the high school advisors, and Megan Kai, um, who had so faithfully been a part of youth ministry for many years as well. Uh, Bree Chow and Janet Lee were both, um, oh, Janet Tang, sorry, were both uh, junior high youth advisors and have 
been Jordan's accountability and she has been so blessed by them. And then there's also uh, Emily Yang, one of our high school advisors who daily challenges Jordan and walks with her in such a consistent and reliable way. So grateful for Jordan's friends who are committed to her, thankful that I have a wife and a friend in Jordan who daily walks with me <clears throat> and, love, and loves me in a way that points me to God. And finally, <clears throat> Pastor Eric. Eric has been a committed leader um, to the staff in this youth group, but just as much he is our friend. He has been someone who has walked with me and counseled me. Um, he has been someone who has reminded me of the amazing power of the Lord and also the gentle kindness of the Lord. Even without speaking, his smile and his care, it radiates in a way that makes it so clear that his joy is found in the Lord. Of course, I missing Pastor Eric in person, but I'm so thankful for his leadership and friendship in this youth ministry. He is a gift and a friend that I truly admire for the way he cares for me and for all of us, both leaders and students alike. I describe my friends here in ministry, not because they are worthy of praise in and of themselves, but rather God has generously provided these friends in my life to be committed to me and to walk with me in a way that helped me not only to know the gospel, but also to experience the love of Christ through their care and through their friendship. Certainly our goal would be that you, all, all you students would have friends that support you in this way. But just as much, we need you to be these friends yourselves. Listen to your friends when they're going through a rough time and patiently walk alongside them. Point your small group brothers and sisters to scripture and prayer in their times of need. Show that you are committed to your friends here by asking them tough questions and then humbly walking with them to discover the answers together. Forgive each other. If you're hurt by someone and ask for forgiveness, if you did something wrong yourself. And perhaps step outside of yourself and form some new friendships. Reach out to those here who may have different interests than you and who may not have as many friends um, they're close to here at church. Every single person here is so needy. We all need the grace and forgiveness of God due to our sins, but we also need people to walk alongside us on this journey. It is so good um, to have good friends. So you yourself, please be one, be a good friend and love in such a committed way that demonstrates God's commitment to all of us. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. Praise God for his grace in your life. Um, I um, just a heads up guys, I, I paid Ryan under the table for him, for him to make those comments about me. And so thanks Ryan. Uh, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> uh, we thank God for you. And um, I, one of the, I think really great things about hearing from all these different testimonies is just how persevering God is with us. Um, that despite who we are, God remains who he is as a God who is faithful, who's kind, um, who manifests his kindness to us in so many ways, of course, through Jesus, but as even Ryan mentioned, through friendships, dear friends, um, like that buff guy, <laughs> I'm just kidding, um, but, um, but we're, um, 
really honestly, one of the things that we we hope that many of you guys take away from hearing these stories is that these are saints who have walked um, down paths um, in ways that grant them experience into your guys' lives. Um, there, there's a reason why uh, we chose these leaders for a reason. And uh, we hope that you guys come to trust in these leaders um, who uh, take time and care to invest in your in your, in your guys' lives. Um, and so we hope to have uh, more of these testimonies. Um, we hope to have uh, many more in the, in the months to come um, with a Zoom room that can actually allow up to 500 people. And so guys, I think we're good. Um, but um, um, one, one last thing before I close is, is the fact that um, you'll notice that in all three of the different testimonies is that it, it, it's not about, it wasn't about them. It's not about any of us. It's about the Lord and it, it, what, what he has done in, in and through Jesus Christ for us. Um, and to that end, um, I want to close by uh, reading a passage for us in um, Jude's letter, um, verses 24 to 25. You guys are probably pretty familiar with these verses, but this is what Jude writes. Um, honestly, at the end of three testimonies, this is all that we really can say in light of who God is. Um, and this is what Jude says. Now to him, of course, God, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Amen. Well, let me pray for us and uh, conclude our time uh, officially. Father, we come to you uh, with a, the deep awareness of the fact um, that you are good. Um, and contrasted with your goodness is our lack of goodness, um, our failure to love you, our failure to love others, our, um, our jealousy, our envy, our anger, our frustrations, our anxieties, um, all reveal something about who we think you are and all reveal something about who we think we are. And, and so, Father, we, we see ourselves in the stories of our, um, our brothers and sister, um, Caleb, um, Nicole, and Ryan. And we thank you for how you saved them, um, that you have really not only saved them, but you saved them from, their, from themselves. Um, and that you've saved them, saved them from your wrath. And that you've saved them for a, not just a better purpose, but you've saved them for yourself. And we recognize in their story, our story as well, that you have saved us from ourselves that you saved us from your wrath and you've also saved us for yourself to enjoy you, to know you, uh, to uh, enter into uh, the comfort of knowing who you are and the comfort of belonging to your people. And so father, I do pray for our junior hires and high schoolers. I do pray for them that as they listen to these testimonies, that they were, they themselves have been pricked, that they have been challenged, that they've been able to see in many ways, how you have been faithful to them. Um, I know for a lot of our students, they've grown up going to this youth ministry, Father. And so I do pray that they would find many things to resonate with um, in uh, the testimonies and that they would actually see that the, that the Christian life is practical. The Christian life is lived out. Um, and it's not something for, uh, for saints or sages or whatever. Uh, it is for, for sinners. Um, and so, God, I do pray for our junior highs and high schoolers that they would uh, come to see in this youth group 
the great love of God in Jesus Christ, and that they would also be able to see that that same love uh, manifested through the friendships and the friends that they have in small groups, um, and, and the relationships that they have and, and cultivate. Um, and so, Father, we do pray for your grace uh, to be working continually um, in this youth ministry. I do pray for our junior highs and high schoolers that they would really uh, come to know you uh, through um, our leaders and um, that will be, will be exhorted and challenged to grow um, in greater uh, Christ-likeness. And so, Father, we thank you for your grace. We love you. We ask all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Amen. Um, well, thank you guys so much for um, sitting in, guys. Um, again, thank you to our testimony sharers. So thank you guys.